People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Fine Music Radio and the program People of Note. Welcome from Rodney Trudgeon. Today I have two guests in the studio, but first of all, there's been a CD that's just been released called Echoes of Sophia Town. Now this is the result of a project dedicated to preserving, celebrating and reviving the original music and dance of South Africa's swing era. It's named for the Johannesburg suburb that gave rise to the Marabi and Quela musical stylings that actually defined South African swing. And the project aims to rekindle the passion for township swing music that was stifled under the rising apartheid regime in the late 1950s. Well, the guests in the studio with me are the project coordinators, Brendan Argent and Sarah Boyd, and they have a company called Cape Town Swing. So, first of all, both of you, welcome. Well, Thank, you. Fine music radio Thank you so much for having us on. Yes, absolutely. I'm intrigued. This is going to be interesting because I'm most intrigued. It's a lovely looking CD. Thank you. And it really gives you the sense that you're looking at something from the 50s. From And Sarah, you said a vinyl was about to be released as well. Yes. So uh, I'm so glad you feel that way because 1950s is what we were going for. That was our inspiration for the album. So you'll see it reflects the drum magazine That's right. of the 1950s. Um, we really wanted people to feel the reference and feel that they've seen this before, but now we want to give you a bit more about it. So the album, um, which is available on CD and vinyl soon, has complete you know, liner notes that explain to you who are these people, you've seen them before, what were their songs about, and... Yeah, okay, now scope. I want to find out lots of detail about the actual CD and listen to some. We'll use that as your music choice if that's okay. But tell me first of all about Cape Town Swing. What is Cape Town Swing? Um, so swing dancing appeared in Cape Town in around 2012. I don't know yeah, if that's about I think right. so. Um, and uh, Jeannie Elliott, who was a, a dancer from Texas, came down here to study. And she stumbled across a few people who were learning Lindy Hop from YouTube. And they were desperately looking for a teacher, and she happened to have been teaching in the States. So she started um, a little school called Boogie Back Dance Company, where Sarah and I actually both teach Lindy Hop now. And did, did Swing come to Cape Town as late as 2012? Swing dancing, yeah. Good grief. Yeah. And it's really only in Cape Town. It's unfortunately not yet spread to Johannesburg and Durban. And so did, you, did the two of you then form this company to sort of further the whole process of swing dance? So s swing is really a social dance. Um, and so we had these classes and a few people learning, but we didn't have anywhere to dance or any music to dance to. So Cape Town Swing is a non-profit that we started to create that space for the social dancing. So we organize events, we try and promote swing dancing, swing music, and swing culture in, in Cape Town. But how did you meet? You said you both took dance classes, so obviously you were both attracted to the concept of swing. Yes, so I moved here like about a year after Jeannie started Boogie Back Dance Company, and I was, I, to my knowledge, there was no swing dancing in South Africa, and I thought, oh no. Am I is it, I've been dancing for five years at that point, and I thought, is it going to be on me to bring swing dancing to South Africa? So I was so relieved when I found that Boogie Back existed, and Brendan was a student at the time. So yeah, that's how we met, and we've he's since become a teacher, and we've been teaching together for the past couple of years. 
And I see from your website that you do various functions and festivals apart from the teaching. So it seems to me to be quite a quite an active company, Cape Town. Yeah. Story. So it's a non-profit and it's completely volunteer run. So we have quite a big sort of team of volunteers that helps us. And the Pebble Shakers, the band that's produced this album, is one of the projects that we've had that there was no live swing music in Cape Town. And so starting a band, starting a group was, was part of trying to fix that problem. Yeah, because it's a special sound, isn't it? And what I find interesting when we talk and listen to the CD more, I'm, I hope I'm not wrong, it's been recorded in such a way that it almost sounds as though it was made in the 50s, not too kind of hi-fi and yeah. fuzzy. So we did try and, I mean, for me, it was a whole learning process, figuring out how to produce a CD and being in a studio for the first time and working <laughs> with a band was a hell of a lot of fun. But we were trying to get a sound that wasn't super modern that's sort of more authentic to where this music came from. And also, I mean, I can say this, but you can't, reminding you of the radio sound in the 50s <laughs> on medium wave. And that's not to put down the sound, as you'll hear in a moment, the CD sounds really quite remarkable. But it has an atmosphere, doesn't it, which you obviously tried very hard. And the Pebble Shakers, are they an established swing group in Cape Town? Just tell me a bit about them. So I originally started the project as a big band, um, and we got a few musicians together from around Cape Town realized that was a bit more than we could handle and so we sort of downscaled it to the piece the group that it is now which is around seven so we've got trumpet trombone sax or clarinet and then on the bass uh, double bass piano and guitar and vocals oh, okay um, so it's quite a classic sort of swing and this rip. band does it apart from this project does it work around cape town promoting swing so to speak yes so we're so proud of the pebble shakers they are the only band around who plays specifically for swing dancing which is actually a very special skill so for those who don't know to play for a dancing audience requires the band and the dancers to really be interacting so they play regular dances all around town and uh, as well as some other special private functions. We just had a big gig with them at Cafe Rue on Saturday celebrating World Lindy Hop Day. They brought down the house, uh, no doubt. Yeah, it was totally sold out. It was sold out, uh, yeah. I think it speaks to people. The music really gets yeah. people moving. Yeah. It's a combination, isn't it, of nostalgia. And even, I mean, both of you are clearly quite young. And you must, well, it, 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 there must be something about it. Like, for example, you, Sarah, said you've been dancing for five years in the States, where we know there's a jolly good swing uh, tradition, isn't there? Yes. Well, okay, so that's what was so exciting, actually, about this project. So right in the States, we have this narrative of swing dancing started in the 20s and the 1930s in Harlem, New York. It was this fusion dance. Some people call it the Great American Folk Dance. And then there was a big revival in the 1980s. So all over the States, any city you go to, there's dancing everywhere. And people our age, I mean, all ages, dancing this dance. And in South Africa, we had this idea, well, it only came here 2012. But we see that South Africa very much had its own swing, swing era, swing scene, and that this music was intrinsic to it. And it, was, it really peaked in the 1950s although it started at the same time that the U.S. swing era did as well, the 1920s, Sophia 30s. Town was very much a center, wasn't it? It was. Okay, well, I think it's time now to hear one of the tracks. And the, the CD has, what, it has 12 tracks. Yeah. 13, 12 tracks. What are you going to choose? What should we listen to first? I was thinking we could do Orlando. Um, it's a song that speaks to some of the, the history of the forced removals. So this music had a very political aspect to it. 
Um, and this has got quite a nice story that maybe we can talk about. Yes, okay, because I just wanted to reiterate what you said, Sarah, that each of the tracks in the booklet, which is a very, very nicely um, organized booklet, has a kind of a, um, a biography of who originally performed these songs and how you came about getting them. But let's, let's listen to the track first. Here it is, Orlando. There you are, a track from a new CD called Sophia Town, Echoes of Sophia Town with the Pebble Shakers, and that was called Orlando. And you heard there, I think, uh, what I was talking about, the sound of the era especially. And my two guests are project coordinators of Cape Town Swing, Sarah Boyd and Brendan Argent. And tell me a little bit, Sarah, maybe you, tell me a little bit about that song, Orlando, who first wrote it and performed it. Right, so this was a song composed by Joanna Radebe, and it was performed by Miriam Makeba and the Skylarks. And this might be one of the more well-known songs on the album, but we really wanted to include it. It spoke to, as Brendan was just explaining, um, the history around Sophia Town and the forced removals and the legacy of apartheid, really. 
that's been an essential component of this project is understanding how the music and the art is intertwined with the history and the times. And right. it's a big part of why this project exists, actually, because, frankly, this music never... I think got the popular place in the popular canon that it really deserved. The fact that people uh, don't know these songs, that they're not the standards, um, maybe that we're so familiar with from America, is tragic. <laughs> well, you see, it's interesting you say that because we talk about the forced removals of Sophia Town and all that. Is it a case that uh, the swing era sort of jammed to halt then? These people were forbidden, weren't they, from performing in white areas? And so did the did it go underground? Because you've done quite a lot of research, haven't you, both of you, yeah. for this album and so, for the liner notes? So I think what's really interesting to me is I think sometimes people try and keep politics and culture separate. But really, this music and the songs that they were singing were so tied up with the oppression in South Africa and with what it was like to be black in a township where it was in sometimes illegal to record or... You know, your song, if you were going to get it out there, was likely to get censored um, and that there was just no support for black musicians at the time. And I think many of these artists, though they were really the fathers of jazz in South Africa, have received very little recognition. Um, and so that was one of your aims, to bring the stuff that people have not heard. As you said, they're not well-known hits, maybe some of them are, but to sort of bring it back into the public domain. Right, and I think something we've become aware of, I don't want to downplay the fact that these artists, I think for a lot of people, especially people in the township, are very much alive. People remember Zakes and Kosi, like, you know, just because we don't know about him doesn't mean that other people don't. But the fact that, I will say as an outsider coming from America, that I would come here and I would hear jazz playing in the shops and I'd think, okay, there's a taste for, for swing, but that I didn't know that the Manhattan Brothers existed for six years. It must have been quite a discovery for um, you. Then. Which I realized people would say, well, come on, we all know who the Manhattan Brothers are, but I think both of us felt that, no, this needs to be front and center. People need to know these artists and know their songs and know their stories. But Brendan, how then did you get interested in the swing era? One associates a young man with perhaps something more hip, <laughs> if you don't mind. Um, actually, what, what attracted you? Um, my fiance at the time and I were looking for something to dance at our wedding. And we tried a bit of salsa and we tried a bit of um, ballroom dancing and nothing had really stuck. And then a friend dragged us along to a swing class and he said, you just have to come and do this. And it was just so much fun. Um, it was silly and we all just had a laugh. And I think I enjoyed the athletic nature of it as well. But I've always kind of enjoyed the music and learning to move to it, to dance to it was uh, really quite a discovery. Yeah. So I just want to reiterate, you did say you are a teacher as well, Andrew Brendan. Both of you are teachers in the school called? It's the Boogieback Dance Company. Boogieback Dance Company, which is yeah. part of Cape Town Swing. Yeah, it's like a, a sister group. We uh, collaborate a lot, but uh, Boogieback is, we organize all the classes and the teaching, and Cape Town Swing does all the social dancing and the events. And what sort of response are you getting from people? I mean, it's definitely a growing community. I think a lot of people still don't really know that there's swing dancing, that you can come and learn to Lindy Hop. But, yeah. I what mean, is Lindy Hop? <laughs> I have to ask that question. So Lindy Hop is, is swing dancing, the swing dancing that came from Harlem, New York. So it, it got its name from Charles Lindbergh. So the myth goes that Lindy Hop the Atlantic. So uh, one of the, the original dancers, Shorty George Snowden, Gave the gave the name to the dance and it sort of stuck. Mm -hmm. So uh, we call it. We talk about Lindy Hop to let people know that we're doing the original African American dance that that you know had its heyday in Harlem, New York, okay. and was done to this big band music. 
And so the response is good, but what about what sort of age group and people? And is it across the races, across ages, male, female, everything? It is quite a mishmash, and I think it's quite accessible for people from all sorts of backgrounds and ages. And I think we've done a. I mean, I'm quite proud of the job we've done in terms of making it an inclusive community. That we have people from quite a diverse backgrounds and interests and ages, and and people feel welcome when they when they come to our classes and our events. It's definitely something we are still working on, yeah. and I think being based in CBD in Cape Town with classes that cost money, it excludes portions of the population. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's something Cape Town Swing has also worked on in trying to include people from different areas. And are you funded? Do you get funding for this? How do you, how do you pay for it? It's completely self-funded. Our events pay for themselves as far as we can. The album itself was part of an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign. So this whole project actually, we raised just over a quarter of a million rand from 25 different countries in support of this project. And that has could have supported the three tiers, the one being the music, finding this music, transcribing the original track so that there's sheet music that people can play from, working with the band to learn the music and then eventually recording this album. Yeah. I want to find out more about how you actually found the music. But just uh, quickly, all this is part-time for you because you both are professionals. Sarah, you tell me what you told me what you were doing at yes, Stellenbosch. UCT. Well, I'm a, I'm a writer and researcher at the business school at the GSB at UCT and a few other universities doing case studies and academic research on, um, on businesses and organizational uh, development. Gosh, and you, Brendan? I'm an engineer for EDF Renewables and we do utility scale solar and wind farms. Okay, all of which is quite a long way away from swing. (laughs) Let's have another track because I'm getting more and more intrigued to hear more of this as we go along. What is number two? So we picked See You Later. So the penny whistle is really a sound that I think people associate with South Africa and with this era. And this is one of the tunes that we really liked and we were able to include on on the album. Finding a penny whistle player was quite a process, but there's an amazing guy called Duke Norman who stays in Lange. And he learned from some of the greats that actually feature on this album. So this is him featuring on See You Later. Authentic stuff, actually.
that's another track off the CD called Echoes of Sophia Town with the band The Pebble Shakers. That was called See You Later. And um, I'd like to ask one of my guests to just explain, because you said uh, with the other one who it was written by, who was playing there, and that penny whistle. Tell me a little bit about back, the background of this track. Sure. So this was song was originally composed by Dan Hill and performed by Lemmy Mabasso. So Lemmy was, you know, back in the 50s, this child prodigy, this sort of teen star. He was well known for his stage presence, I guess we'll say that, his his dancing on the streets and on the stage. I mean, he really entertained people. So he was one of the biggest stars and one of one of the few who recorded popular well-selling albums, one of the only black artists afforded the opportunity back in his time. So yeah. the penny whistle that we heard there, you said that you found after a search, someone in Langa, what did you do? Did you advertise or how do you find a penny whistle player? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that connected within the Cape Town music industry and my connections mostly come through the musicians in the band that I work with and so they sort of each put out feelers and one by one we kind of got these suggestions but sometimes it was sort of elderly white ladies that were playing penny whistle and I was like not sure this is quite what we're going for but eventually I found this contact for for Duke and he was just fantastic and uh, he joined us for some rehearsals and we were all just like this is this is it this is it did you just fit in with the band immediately yeah he slotted in nicely and uh, yeah it was fantastic to work with him let me remind you that this is Fine Music Radio with programmers People of Note and we're talking about this album Echoes of Sophia Town which is a project from Cape Town Swing. And my two guests are the project coordinators, Brendan Argent and Sarah Boyd. I'm interested with something like this because, as you were saying, Brendan, it's not, these are not original recordings, so there must be copyright issues. Yeah, so that's been a big part of the research, trying to find who owns these songs, who wrote the songs, who the artists were. It's been a, quite a process over the last three years or so just collecting the songs. So quite a few of them come from private collections of finals. Some of them come from the various archives, musical archives that we've been sort of sorting through and trying to find. But often there's not a lot of meta information about who the artist was or who the composer was, and it's been quite a lot of digging to try and find out who owns the, the rights to the music. Where did you find that? Where did you know? How did you know where to go? I mean, old vinyls, I presume you went to people's collections or libraries or whatever. Is that, was it as basic as that, basic research? Yeah, so some of it's um, the few people I know that are into vinyl tell me, hey, this guy's got an old collection, you should check it out. And, and as people have started to hear this music, we've had a few more connections of people saying, oh, my granddad's got this old records you know, collection that okay. I should come and have a look. And we've been piecing it together from that. Yeah, and I think we would find, and this came up again this year once we started trying to dig more on the research side for the stories, there's a whole network of people invested in music preservation, other genres or related genres outside of jazz, South African music that is, and and they're all connected and they can all say, have you talked to that person? Yeah, yeah, we talked to that person. (laughs) So they all know each other and so it was a little bit like, okay, so this network exists, but maybe our community or people who love swing and jazz aren't necessarily aware of it or tapped into it. So once you found a piece on an album, a vinyl, whatever, you found a song, what happened then? Did it have to be written out, notated, listened to, to get the authentic sound? Yeah, so there's no sheet music available for, I would say, the vast majority of music from that era. Um, So actually three of the guys on the band did the transcriptions. So that involves just listening really short pieces at a time, writing out the notes. And especially for the pieces which are virtually a big band, you know, you're writing out 15 parts maybe. Mm, Absolutely. And uh, trying to hear, is that 
there's a second trombone doing this or is this a trumpet and I find it yeah mind blowing how people can actually piece apart the whole thing and figure out the harmonies and yeah you know. And I think what's been one of the really rewarding parts of this process, seeing it brought to life by real musicians now. I mean, the Pebble Shakers, um, an amazing band, and the guys involved in actually transcribing Duncan, our saxophone player, was kind of one of the chief transcribers. And he talks about, you know, that you can't, because a lot of these recordings that they have are from scratchy vinyl covers, they can't always hear what's going on. So they, as the musicians, have to use their judgment to decide what were they probably intending to do here or make decisions about what would sound best. So in a lot of ways, they're leaving their mark on this music and making it, in some cases, I think, sometimes even better or sometimes like taking <laughs> it mean, to another level. They joke and I, I've sat in on the rehearsals with them and sometimes they're convinced that the band just made a mistake <laughs> and when they were playing this you know they had one shot to record it and and they're having to go now do we play the mistake or do we correct what we think they were going for but that's a huge part of the story because there were so few opportunities to record and once they did i mean especially with the processes being what they were it was your one shot and these musicians if, there are some really amazing articles that we're going to try to post on our blog the echoes of sophia town blog where we try to just make everything open source, all this information about the artists. And some of them speak to the real experiences of musicians in the 1950s. They really couldn't make a living playing this music. So there really weren't opportunities to you know, fund their development or recording. Yeah. And the band, the Pebble Shakers, when, when you approached them to do this project, and as you say, the saxophone player did some transcribing and filling in the gaps, did they adapt to the style immediately because... They, are they basically a swing band to begin with? Well, we formed the band to play for the Cape Town Swing dance community. So we were originally playing covers of American, the classic American songbook that people are quite familiar with. Mm -hmm. And that in itself was an adaption for them because it, most of them come from a more sort of bebop or some classical background. And so learning to play for dancers and this kind of 1930s, 1940s swing was an adjustment. And then learning to play this music is also been an adjustment because the sound is a bit different and the rhythms are a bit different and that's been a process that we've certainly been working I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall or someone in seats at the first rehearsals or the first playthroughs were you excited when you heard the music for the first time or did you think yeah, Gosh, it was a lot of work to be done it was yeah. total shivers to hear this music <laughs> after coming from sort of scratchy vinyl recordings to actually sitting and hearing it being played live. Oh, yeah. Most of these for the first time in 70-plus years. So. Gosh, gosh. It's a, yes, Sarah, you're going to say. Oh, no, I just, uh, I, I mean, I felt that way when we were in the studio and, and getting to hear it. I think you can take it for granted. I think we're very spoiled, those of us swing dancers who have, like, all these big bands in America recording great music. When you're actually sitting with the band as they're creating these amazing slides or, I don't know, I don't know all the technical jargon. I'm not a musician. But these things that are, to make it swing, and to see them actually pulling it off so well, it's, it shivers. And like all the said. while, bearing in mind the period, because you was, as we've been talking about the sound and the look of the CD, the sound, the kind of nostalgia feel that you wanted for the whole project. Yeah, and uh, Andrew Ford, who uh, helped us with the producing, and uh, we used his studio, and he was fantastic, but he really helped us in terms of the mic selection and the way we set it up and the way it was mixed and mastered to try and get that sort of sound that we didn't want this very modern sounding mm. uh, track. So, Gosh. Well, let's have another track. What is track number three? Ooh, I was going to suggest, since you were just talking about the jazz standards, should we go to Jump and Jive? Yeah, I think it's good call. Yeah. Uh, so, so what are we going to hear? The Jumping Jive. Mm -hmm. This is a song was actually a cover, and we only discovered this 
fairly <laughs> far the down the game. We were trying to find what the song actually came from, but there's a song called The Honey Dripper, and uh, this was a song that was popular in South Africa, and this is an adaptation from that. Yeah. Okay, so it's called The Jumping Jive. Yeah. Boy, the honey dripper, he's a killer, the honey dripper, so sweet, high, he's a solid cat, really, a mellow cat, he jumps and sways, he rips and rides, he ships and jumps, he's high, all the time, so be that cat and jump for joy. You take that link, you take that beat, you get yourself right on your feet. One, two, three. Drive, another track from the CD called Echoes of Sophia Tone, with a band called The Pebble Shakers. And my guests on this week's edition of People of Note are Brendan Argent and Sarah Boyd, who are the project coordinators of Cape Town Swing, who brought this project to life and onto CD and onto vinyl. I still want to see a copy of the vinyl, but we don't have any record players here, so we can't do it that way. <laughs> but um, you know what I was thinking, and we were chatting during that piece of music what about royalties? Was that a nightmare or was it, was it a problem? It's, it's been a challenge. So for me, it's been an eye-opening look into the music industry and how the heck artists make any money from producing music. Um, but I've been in touch with some of the big publishing labels to try and find out who owns the rights. And some of these songs were published by companies that no longer exist, that were bought by a company that no longer exists. And sort of you go down the chain to try and figure out who actually owns these rights and how the money that we're paying to these publishing organizations will actually make its way 
to the families of these artists. And yeah, I guess uh, it's something we're going to continue to challenge them on because Mm. I'm not convinced that they even have the contact details of some of these families. And I know the people that supported this project want to know that the money is going to the original artists and we're committed to trying to make sure that that happens. Do you know offhand if any of the original artists are still alive or is it just their families, their children, anything like that? So Dorothy Masuka was one of the last that we knew was alive and she passed away earlier this year. It was really quite a a really sad moment in in the context of this project, realizing that we'd actually hoped that she would come and speak at our launch event. And then when she passed away, it was really like closing of the door of the last Mm. people that we were trying to honor. Um, So it's the families that you're trying to trace, actually. It's a sort of almost like a investigative work really to try and get hold of the families of these people because the copyright extends 50 years beyond the death of the artist and those royalties are supposed to be paid to the families of the artists right right Um, but i'm also not sure exactly what happened with the contracts that were written in the 1940s and 50s i think artists may have been paid next to nothing and lost all their rights completely but it's an old story Yeah. yeah how long did this project take from beginning to this production of this album it's been surprisingly short. We, <laughs> I thought you'd say years. <laughs> well, as Brendan said, because we really felt, you know, we had this, I, I think, ideal way of how this project would play out, but we knew that time was really of the essence because so much of that, many people from that generation, the artists and people who remember, well, they're, we're losing them. Mm. And um, so we did this. The crowdfunding campaign was last September. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, I so think it was hard work, like clearly, months. and quite intense, was it? Yeah, the crowdfunding campaign trying to sort of raise the uh, enthusiasm and, and get people on board and excited about it to actually put money behind the project um, was obviously quite an intense month. And then as soon as we had the money to get the transcriptions, to start practicing, to get the album recorded, and then the other two aspects which we can just touch on is we held a, an art exhibition of artwork inspired by the music and the stories. Um, and we had this launch event where we played a whole night of South African Swing. So we have 12 songs on this album, but we've actually transcribed 40 songs in total. So we had a whole night of live South African Swing music. Are we going to have Echoes of Safari Town 2? Oh, we'd love to. (laughs) At the moment, we are still trying to recoup some of the costs of the production and, yeah, all the time that's gone into this. As soon as we've done that, and we're hoping to do that largely through sales of the album, which is available, we're already looking to... Album number two, there's so many tracks we'd love to to record still. Thus far, have you any idea how the sales are going? I know it's early days yet, but still. Yeah, so the album has been available for about a month now. Yeah. And we've sold close to 200 CDs. We have another, well, I think we produced 2,000 CDs in total. So that's kind of our target to to recoup. Is this a, a nationwide thing? I know it says Cape Town Swing. What is happening in Durban and Johannesburg and all that about swing? So, well, in terms of the album, so especially now that we've just now introduced digital sales, I mean, this has gone international. So we've got so many international orders because a huge, our crowdfunding base, as Brendan said, 25 different countries, I mean, people around the world. So the music is traveling, but in terms of the actual swing dancing community, we need to seed that. So we're actually kind of hoping that Durban and Joburg people poach Capetonians <laughs> and that they carry the dance <laughs> up that to way. those cities. Yeah. I mean, it would be great to have a, a swing dance company in Sophia Town, wouldn't it? 
Well, it's called Triumph now. I'm not sure if they've it's been renamed. renamed it's renamed to yeah. Sarah and I were actually there earlier in the year, <clears throat> and uh, we arranged some interviews with some of the original residents of Sapphire Town to talk yeah. about their memories of listening to this music live and dancing to it. And yes. it's been a huge component to this project, is trying to capture the stories before they disappear. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to have a song, but to hear the story behind the song and why it was written and what it's about, that's really where the gold is. And to give it back to them, to say, hey, there's uh, someone exactly. else. I mean, there must it be on. people, the families who would absolutely love the CD because it would bring back so many memories. You were talking about art just now. The artwork on the actual CD is quite interesting because, like the sound, it's got a 50s feel. The color, the texture has got a 50s feel. Yes, so we actually worked, uh, Orly Seton did the graphic design for the album for th- this whole this whole drum magazine look. So she's actually a former dancer who's now based in Joburg, so who knows, maybe she can seed things up there. But 100%, we, we played around with different ideas, but ultimately we said we have to bring it back to Sophia Town, where drum magazine was housed, yeah. and, and back to that time also the cd itself you've made look like a vinyl album yeah we with, printed with we printed grooves. on the cd with yeah. the, the vinyl look um, let's have another track what the third avenue special tell me about this yes so this is this is one that right away gives you that big band feel from temi poliso and the alexander big star band so it is named after third avenue in in alexandra so it really is one of those that kind of speaks to the township and in the time
that's another track there off what I'm sure you'll agree is proving to be a very delightful album called Echoes of Sophia Town, Third Avenue Special. So just tell me a little bit about the background of that tune. Right. Well, so, I mean, the whole album, you've got, you have a range of different swing styles, some that are very clearly mirroring American style jazz and others that, you know, like Chabolo with the penny whistle, that's very Quela, very South African. Third Avenue is kind of one of these fusion ones where you very much feel the big band sound, uh, but Ntemi Peliso was very adamant about having that Marabi be underpinning the whole song. So you, that comes through here, and uh, so that's what's kind of nice, actually, as you go through the album, you can see the different sub-genres within South African swing. This is the fusion one. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. By the way, just because of the amount of research you've done, is there, are there books available on this subject? Or what if people now suddenly want to learn more about the era, about the style, all that? Please, please, because we really aren't trying to reinvent the wheel here. Our liner notes are very limited. They just give you a snapshot of these artists and these songs. So our and that's really based on the work of some really amazing researchers and jazz enthusiasts. So really, if people want to learn more, Chris Ballantine and his book, Marabi Nights, it's kind of this go-to text about the era and the music and the people there. Gwen Ansel and her book, Soweto Blues, those are two essential texts if you want to see all the gritty details. Oh, and both of them have been very supportive of the project and very helpful for us in terms of finding mm -hmm. more information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a few other. There's great blogs. Electric Jive is another go-to, and Soul Safari. They're always posting about these artists, a bit more digestible and accessible. And another book, Beyond Memory, by Max uh, Mojepelo. But uh, for me, it's, it's sad how little there is. Yeah. If you want to find out about a big label, a big recording company in the States, you'll find whole bookshelves full of, of, of writing about it. Yeah. Come to South Africa and try and learn about the music industry. It's few and far between what sources you can find, and I think it's a real gap for this yeah. sort of research. Which hopefully you are going to somehow fill, maybe even inspire someone to write another book or two, apart from the two that you mentioned or the three there. Those books are listed in the booklet, the CD booklet, because although you said it's limited, I was very struck by the detail in the liner notes, both of the introduction and a background to the whole apartheid tragedy of Sophia Town and also um, the various tracks that you've got and the artists. So there's a good deal of information in this, but then there's your website, isn't there? Which is? Yeah, Sarah's done a ton of work putting a lot of this information together on our website. So if you go to uh, capetownswing.co.za there's a whole section on Echoes of Sophia Town. You can order the CD there, but you can also read through the blogs that Sarah's been writing about these artists, about the songs, and about the, the process of, of putting this project together. We've got so much more to write about. We, as you said, full-time jobs, so there's a lot more coming, a lot more juicy stuff, like our trip to Sophia Town. Mm. Are you, neither of you, you said earlier, Sarah, that you're not a musician. For, um, I, neither of you, Brendan, are you a musician? I actually played bassoon. You did? Uh, <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> Why um, do you think that's funny? So. <laughs> I never knew. We had um, the interview so, so I can read music, and uh, I know enough to help the band out more from how to get stuff swinging. That's kind of my contribution with the band yeah. is how do we make the swing for dancers? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the question, isn't it, that I think you've, may I say, without being an expert on swing, you've achieved with this because that band, the Pebble Shakers, Swings. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. Really <laughs> I do agree. And you really feel, if you sit with your eyes closed, 
it's like being taken back to a black and white movie house somewhere <laughs> listening to these things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I, fabulous. I, I can't sit still when I listen to this music, yeah, so yeah. I, I hope that's the It's so amazing to hear two people, so two young people. So I'm right in saying that you're both under 30, sort of ish. Uh, so in that ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely passionate about something that comes from the 50s like this. So. I wish you well. Thank you for telling me all about this, for sharing it with us. Thank you so much. And the for CD us. is available online and in shops. It's not in shops as yet. You can order it on the website okay. um, or get in touch with either of us. Okay. We've been getting our shipping together in the last month and uh, getting the CD off around the world, but we can certainly get it around South Africa. Okay. So, and then when that's done, we're going to wait for Echoes of Firetown Two. For sure. <laughs> That's uh, definitely in the pipeline. We have a lot more songs we'd love to record. And and I'm sure, and maybe if I could do a quick shout out to anyone who has this kind of music sitting at home, old record collections or old, we found some amazing shellac records recently. And uh, yeah, there's so much more that was recorded at this time that we can't find anywhere. So much has been lost. So if you have a source, we'd love to help bring it back to life. And the best way then to contact you is through the website, yeah. which is www.capetownswing.co.za. A reminder of the CD, it's called Echoes of Sophia Town with the Pebble Shakers. And also, for our listeners on Fine Music Radio, it's going to be the CD of the week this week with Nick Syro in the Afternoon Drive oh. uh, from Monday to Friday. So it'll get lots of lovely coverage. Wonderful. And it deserves, it deserves to have a place on everyone's shelves because not only is it lovely music, but it's a bit of a history lesson in the nicest possible way. Yes. It's a tribute. That's, it's a tribute. Uh, that's our idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. I was talking to the project coordinators of Echoes of Sophia Town from capetownswing.co.za. Sarah Boyd and Brendan Argent. And what shall we go out with? What shall we end with? We thought we would go out with one that always brings the house down. It's called uh, Baby and Soiree. It's uh, Miriam Makeba with the Manhattan Brothers. Um, and it's uh, kind of a cheeky love song. Thank you both very much. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you.
baby, hold me. And don't just hold me any kind of way. Hold me by the ears. And caress me. And kiss me. And tomorrow, when I come back and ask you again, baby, just don't deny me. Come on, let's do it again. Oh, ha, get it, baby. People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions.
Thank you.